Hello, welcome back to ESPN Scrum Reset. It's Sam Bruce and Christy Doran here for a rapid fire wrap up of the 2023 Rugby World Cup final. Of course, one 12 11 by the Springboks. Christy, but I know you're just about running on empty uh, up there in Paris. You've had 10 weeks uh, hobnobbing it around the place, stories galore. A few glasses of champagne in the last 48 hours, but by the looks of it, though. World Rugby Awards, I had to actually sneak in there in the end to get in there. Uh, they weren't prepared to allow the media to enter the post-act function, but managed to um, twist an arm or two and get in there. And yeah, it was a who's who were in there and a couple of guys of the bubbles. There was a few South Africans doing the rounds. The Wheeling, Wheeling Webb Ellis Cup was there. It was, a, it was a lovely evening at Opera in uh, in Paris, of course. Well deserved, mate. It's been uh, a, a busy uh, incredibly busy 10 weeks for you, uh, as it was for the six weeks I was up there, mate. So well done, first of all, on your coverage of uh, what has been a brilliant World Cup. Um, rapid fire, as I said, because we're going to break off the other big uh, story, uh, particularly in Australian rugby, of course, the resignation of Eddie Jones in a separate pod when you're back down under later in the week. And we've had time to digest Phil War's comments this afternoon. So let's focus on the final. Um, a thrilling game. Um, maybe not the most entertaining fixture in the world, but incredibly tight, incredibly tense and, and hard to deny that South Africa probably uh, weren't the better team on the day, but were just holding on to the death. Uh, it was a absorbing final, wasn't it? And we saw for the first time in 28 years, these two Titans go at each other and it was a phenomenal atmosphere. And you've just felt all day that it was on a nice edge. You didn't know what it was going to go. And it, of course it goes down to the, the last moment where Artie Sevilla pushes a ball and and they're clearly going and surging for the line. But there were so many, many moments around missed opportunities, particularly from New Zealand. We'll get into Wayne Barnes, the coach, uh, the refereeing there, the officiating. Um, uh, Ian Foster obviously not thrilled at the end, nor was Sam Kane. But it was, it was a final that goes right towards the top of... World Cup finals because it went down to that last second and, and and we just know what these two nations have done for so, so long. Conditions certainly played a, a huge role in how the game panned out. It wasn't going to be a night ever for expansive footy. New Zealand still attempted to, to move the ball and did find space out wide on occasion. Uh, South Africa did too and you think to that try that, that Kurt Lee uh, Aaron uh, couldn't score from that grubber over in the, uh, the right-hand corner. Um, which could have been a potentially, you know, game-changing. It would have taken South Africa out to an even greater lead, which you would have thought at that point that was beyond New Zealand. Um, a credit to the All Blacks. They kept fighting, as you said, with with 14 men after the red card to, to Sam Kane. If we, if we go to that now, there's been a lot of, I guess, discussion and debate around that and the Sia Khaleesi incident. I thought the TMO probably got um, each decision, each of those cards, right, with Shannon Frizzell, of course, um, coming down on the leg uh, of uh, was it Jesse Creel um, there in the first half? I've forgotten. Um, no, no, bo- Bongi. Sorry, Bongi. Uh, of course, yes, it, was, it didn't return. And then in the second half, Aaron's uh, not Aaron Smith's uh, deliberate knockdown. Sorry, uh, Cheslin Colby's deliberate knockdown. Um, I thought they were all officiated well. We saw the TMO bunker process in use. Um, but if we look at Keynes, um, I mean, you and I have spoken a, a lot on this pod the last few years about how we feared a World Cup final was going to be affected by a red card. I think effect is probably the wrong word here because we agree it was a, a red. Um, but 
still it's panned out exactly how we imagined that this crackdown on high tackles um, has come into play uh, in the biggest game of all. Yeah, first player in World Cup history been sent off. World Cup final history been sent off. <laughs> Watch it, watching it live, and I and I managed to. Fortunately, I wasn't typing at a point in time, and I saw what occurred. And the slow mo looks so much worse, in the sense that if you get the last few images, it's it's clearly with force, it's high, it's a lack of uh, dip from the body height. But if you play that in 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 fast motion, there is a significant change there from Jesse Creel. I actually thought I wasn't surprised that it was a red card. I know Morgan Terranui spoke about that before the decision was handed down, but uh, I actually thought there was enough mitigation there to go, no, it's a sudden change of direction. He's gone straight into it and perhaps a little bit clumsy. Um, we know that you pay the price. I, I actually thought it should have been a yellow card because of the, the change in direction. You couldn't see it on the replay and, and nor did they show that. It, was, it, it happened in the blink of an eye. But I agree with you, the rest of the decisions were right. Dear Khaleesi shouldn't have been. I, I thought of a fair bit of that. Um, that head collected the top of the ball before going into his jaw, uh, Artie Sevilla's. But, but on the whole, the, the deliberate knockdown, the decision for the knock-on of the line-out, which ruled out uh, the try-out wide to Aaron Smith, there was, there was so much drama in it. There was perhaps too much intervention from the TMO. Eddie Jones had spoken about it a lot throughout the tournament. Ian Foster had spoken about what kind of game. But all that did, by slowing it down, I think actually helped the Springboks because we know the power game that they bring. Yeah, I agree with that. And one more thing I will say about Sam Kane is that he was upright too. And we know the danger yeah. that you get yourself into when you do not drop your body height. You can see the difference with C. Khaleesi. It wasn't a full drop at the hips, but there was enough to suggest that he'd made that attempt and Sam Kane hadn't. So I, I was okay We've read there, and if we dig a little bit more into the TMO briefly, I think that's been the the general reception for perhaps the the passing rugby fans who maybe only watched one game every four years, and it was the World Cup final, and probably they, why they won't watch another one for that amount of time. But you, you've got to then kind of explain to them the process of how we got to the bunker system that we have, because uh, I was writing something earlier in the week, and then of course the Eddie Jones stuff happened, and had to park that, and was thinking back to that. Uh, Queensland Reds, Fijian, drew a game at um, Suncorp in uh, 2022, I think it was. Um, yeah. And was there was Yasko. F- five minutes and 48 seconds of Nick Berry, I think, and his assistants looking up at the, the big screen to make on rule on, I think, two or three separate incidents at the same time. Now, that is just a complete and utter waste of time and, and that kind of thing. Uh, infuriates fans. So to get where we are now with the bunker, um, yellow card review, um, I, I agree that there was probably too much of it uh, the other night. But then if we go back the other direction, and can you imagine the outroar if that try to Aaron Smith had stood? Um, the absolute uh, contestation uh, from Springboks fans in the Republic with that, which was clearly a knock-on that was missed at the time, um, picked up by the TMO, and we got the right decision. So we've come so far down this rabbit hole I don't know. We certainly won't come out of it completely again. It's whether we just shift back a little bit out towards uh, the light again. I, I don't know how it's going to play out. Yeah, it, valid points. It was interesting. Jeff Parks, a colleague at the Raw, he also immediately picked that up. At that point in time, I was typing and doing some work. But uh, 
Jeff, Jeff immediately recognised the knock on at the line out. So uh, even as a as a New Zealander, he, it was it was clear on television. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I think that they got it right. And and the end of the day is New Zealand's in in much the same way I think of Eddie Jones's English side in 2019 when they had space out wide, they had opportunities and weren't able to take any of them. Uh, New Zealand had. A, a lack of space, but their timing was off all night. The balls were just slightly behind the attacking runner. Um, the handling wasn't great. You could see for the first time ever, Will Jordan was flustered. Uh, he was he was frustrated himself. And, was game for a long while. Yeah, exactly. And I was almost surprised as a result that he got into the World uh, Dream Team of the Year uh, off the back of that of that performance. I thought Kurtley. Aronsel was superb, like he's been all year. Um, and, and South Africa actually had a couple of golden opportunities there to uh, see Khaleesi burn an opportunity in the first two minutes of the second half. And he was asked about it last night when I was standing next to him at the World Rugby Awards. And he said, look, I just, I, I, I knew that the New Zealanders were around. I thought they would be tackled. I thought I could get there. So and I, it, it doesn't really matter. It all comes out in the wash. They won the game, but New Zealand had opportunities to strike. They didn't take it. South Africa's rush defence, their midfield combination was just on point. Damien Dialande and Jesse Creer, what they did defensively was just superb. Yeah, the big news there, you hold nobody yet with uh, the biggest name in the game right now, Sia Khaleesi. How about that? I will say, actually, and I told my boss, Tony Harper, this uh, over dinner tonight, that I think I am the first person that's annoyed Sia Khaleesi and... He must have been tired, and and we have heard Sia speak at press conferences, and it's inspiring every sentence and word that he ushers. But having done probably a dozen interviews, I'd say in the last twenty four hours, it was I think the very last one that he did was in the mix zone with the press in the aftermath of the World Rugby Awards, and I just quite asked, simply asked, you know, being an Australian journalist. World Cup coming in 27, what's your future? Can Australians expect to see you? And there's history on the line. Sam Whitelock misses out and becoming the third player to win uh, three World Cups. Um, C. Khaleesi now has an opportunity uh, to potentially not only go to a third World Cup, perhaps even captain, I'm not sure if he will, but he was saying, look, he blew up. He said, why is everyone asking me about yeah, what way international plans are? Like, I'm playing and he ended up actually really coming back, and I said, oh, I haven't asked you this at night, but he ended up being extraordinarily apologetic, and after the interview, he came up and said sorry as well, and he was just clearly knackered after the most intense week, perhaps, of his career. He's had a strong tournament because you uh, you upset Peter Armani as well from from memory, the um, the Irish back rather, or we might um, save that story for and uh, Pod, when we've got a little bit more time, um, Peter Steph yeah. Detoy, a uh, worthy man of the match, heroic performance, some of his hits. And one from Franco Mostert on uh, Richie Moonga in the first half was massive as well. But Peter Steph Detoy, who's had a, a checkered run with injury, hasn't played a lot of rugby between in this World Cup cycle, um, got back to his best at this tournament. We saw why he was the, the World Rugby Player of the Year from the last World Cup in that final um, four years ago. He, he absolutely dominated on the weekend as well, didn't he? Oh, Brucey, that was his best game since the World Cup, wasn't it? And then 2019, people raised their eyebrows around why this guy been... We all recognised extremely good. I don't know if we thought he should have been World Rugby Player of the Year, but 
that was his best performance. And he's had a few injuries over the last couple of years to see the physical presence. And we know 28 tackles, it's a lot, but it wasn't just 28 passive tackles. It was so physical. You could see it and he was smoking, uh, particularly out wide in the fringes around those tram tracks. Uh, he was quality, the line out, uh, he played a part there. Um, I just thought that South Africa managed to win those big moments on on Saturday, your Sunday morning, and back to back World Cups. I, I you know, you, you think about where Sia Khaleesi is now in terms of leaders, captains, and uh, not just in rugby, right in the top echelons across international sport of all time. I, I, I think Brazil, Erasmus, and Shark Nino, but have to go down at this point in time. It's, Rugby's greatest ever coaches, what they've managed to do in the five years since taking over from uh, Alistair Katsia has just been simply remarkable. Yeah, I think that uh, Jacques uh, started out as a physio, uh, quite a, one of the most incredible uh, rugby stories, let alone coaching stories uh, in recent times. Um, uh, may have got a lot of time left. Uh, Ian Foster, uh, clearly not the way he wanted to go out. Um, been a topsy-turvy 12 months for him. We think it back to what happened last year. We've been over it a number of times. Um, I thought finished with a, with a lot of class. Um, and you could see, probably understand why he had such great respect among uh, the All Blacks players and why they stood up for him so stoutly there in South Africa last year when the heat was really coming on. Um, how do you think he, his tenure will be remembered? It's a good question. International rugby is so close at the moment, isn't it? And we've we've seen that in the results, particularly of the quarterfinals and even the semifinals with England, uh, managing to show their uh, nous around how to play knockouts. Footy. Oh, I think he's certainly elevated his standing over the last year. What they achieved in the rugby championship, how quick they were out of the blocks. Uh, they they blew Argentina away away. They blew. Africa away in the first 20 minutes and ended up winning that game. Uh, they were quality from uh, right the way through the year and they slipped up just a fraction against France and South Africa twicking them into the opening game of the World Cup. But I think he'll be remembered. Um, it, it might actually come down to how Scott Robertson is, how he goes, because he's got a huge rebuilding job half a dozen players finishing up the White Locks, the World Retallics, the Bowden Barretts are going to Japan along with the Richie Mawangas, uh, the Aris Smith is, is retired. He's got a huge job because the amount of experience, quality, uh, leadership in those sorts of guys, Dane Cole's another one. Um, I think that we'll get a greater understanding around Ian Foster in, in two to three years' time. And I get the hunch that he'll be remembered more fondly in two years' time than he is perhaps now. But to make a final, win all the rugby championships, the Bledisloe Cup, yes, there's been some some lows, but fair player. And he's done what Eddie Jones and the Wallabies didn't do this year by ensuring a New Zealand rugby fair play to them by getting the right coaching stocks around them. Finally, I thought Wayne Barnes had a, had a pretty good game overall, but I would pinpoint one lack of a decision right at the death there, which may have given New Zealand the chance to another sort of 48-meter shot at goal. And it was a turnover there um, just in about the second last minute. Uh, Cogger Smith thought there was an obvious yeah. hand on the ground there. And we saw he'd ref that earlier in the game. One he missed there, probably the only thing I, I would judge him uh, harshly on during the game, which was 
incredibly keenly fought as you would expect in a World Cup final. Um, great to see he finally got the chance to, to do one at his fifth World Cup. Um, but yes, I thought that was that was a bad miss. Yeah, I agree. And, and it was so clear as day. And you're right to point it out. We've seen the crunch minutes, probably the last five minutes of all these knockout matches. The referees decide to put whistle in the pocket and not, and not blow it. And you don't like games being decided, even the scrum. New Zealand managed to get some scrum dominance in that last 10 minutes. And there was one or two calls that didn't go their way that perhaps could have. Um, at the end of the day, I still come back to the fact that they weren't able to execute their attacking game. New, uh, South Africa's defensive quality managed to win out over New Zealand's attacking quality. And yes, the wet weather and the, the wet film probably contributed to that, but that comes back to the defensive structure and shape that they managed to display. Uh, right the way through the game, scrum was was pretty even. Yep. Uh, New Zealand scrum uh, line-out wobbles in the first half. Uh, they managed to, to to get that steadied and shored up in the second half. South Africa started to to lose a few, and that was probably as a result, maybe as well, to the early um, bongi absolutely yep. world. But but it was a great final, and 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 something that we should be incredibly thrilled to to kind of go as is a showpiece sort of event. Yeah, and uh, Artie Severe, as we said last week, thank goodness that decision was made, and he was the out and out uh, player of the year in my mind, and and. Probably we should have been last year as well. So great to see him uh, get the chockies. Not that it will have uh, made up or or uh, you have him feeling a little bit better on that long flight back to Auckland. Um, righto, mate. Uh, as I said, that was rapid fire today. Uh, I know you've been busy. You got a flight home. You've got a partner who's seven months pregnant, so you you got a bit of time to catch up on. But we will unpack the Eddie Jones stuff uh, later in the week after we've heard Phil Wall this afternoon and bring you a full debrief of, of just exactly you know. I guess a full reflection on the 10-month fiasco that it was. Glad to join you, Sam. <laughs>